0: The Toys R Us report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. His style is deadly psychopath, schizophrenic. He'll make a rapid change like a carburetor, freeze up and panic. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but if you sacrifice a bit of my week, you and if week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going to start off. Gonna start off with a bit of a wrestling talk. I went to see a show at the Cow Palace, New Japan Wrestling. Then we're then we're gonna talk about Ant Man. We're gonna talk about man. There's gonna be so much fun stuff on this episode. I don't even know what to tell you. You're gonna have a great time. Let me uh, iceberg DJ iceberg thirteen actually hit the ones and the twos and made us a new jam. Let me uh, let me find it here on the drive. I I apologize for not having this queued up. All right, here we go. Hold it now. Let's hit it. Meanwhile, in another part of town Come in What do you mean? So I had to apply some pressure Oh, much pressure, honey Don't let it. What do you mean? Don't let it. What do you mean? Don't let, it. Do you, mean? Don't let it. you are listening to the Toys R Us report We were born to be who we are the bright light from a distant star. Iceberg, instant Kate. Yeah, I see you back there. Hey, how's it going? That was, that was dynamite. Perfect. We are, we're getting more and more adjusted every week. Iceberg, thanks for that jam. That was what he told me was. That was just like a basic drum beat that he, that he cooked up with, uh, with some power records on the top. I think he said, I think he said it was from Kojak, a Kojak record. Man, he is. He's into those Kojak power records. It's, it's wild to think that they even, that they even made such a thing. Power records were so great. Power records, Peter Pan records. These are, these are those story records they used to, uh, they used to have back in the, back in the good old days where you would, you would follow the adventures of Kojak along in a, in a, uh, audio form. You'd see him go and you'd see him fight crimes. I think in this one, when dude says, the limit... I think that he means he killed the guy. I think that he's asking him, how, how far did you take it? And he's like, I took it. I took it to the limit. That's, that's sad. Maybe that means he didn't kill him. Maybe he only took it to the limit, not to the limit and beyond. I don't know. Either way, either way, it's wild. I can't even imagine something like this being produced nowadays. Imagine like, imagine a kid's record based off like, off like CSI. And you have like the adventures of like Dave Caruso and he's, He's talking about what went on. Was he in CSI? I don't even know. Was it CSI Miami? I've only... I've only ever seen a little bit of CSI in, in any form. I've seen the Smudge. Not a lot. I don't know the characters or anything. I also... I get it mixed up with NCIS. They seem like they should... They seem like they should be the same thing. And I wonder to what degree they... They are the same thing. We, uh... We went to a wrestling show this week at the... At the historic Cow Palace. And I'm gonna gonna talk about that in a, in a bit, it was, it was an experience, man, a a once-in-a-lifetime experience for somebody, somebody like me, it's been once-in-a-lifetime as so far, and I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever do it again, so hey, man, what do you, what are you gonna say, call it a a once-in-a-lifetime, but before, before we get into that, I was, uh, I was digging around in the garage the other day, I was looking for, this was during the period of the flea market, I was looking for I was looking for something under, underneath this, um, the shelf. And I found, I found an ice cream maker. And then I started thinking, like, where did this come from? It was, like, a hand turn, hand churn one. It's not, like, it's not, like, super fancy, but it is, it is pretty neat. And I pulled it out and I looked at it, and the, the price tag on it said 1991. And I started thinking, where did this come from? Where did, where did this come from? It was still sealed in the box, and I could not... I could not think of a time where I I own this, but we are, we're fixing the enter the hot summer months, as you know, and as you also know, I am on a, I'm on a bit of a sugar embargo, as it were, I'm trying to stay away from sugar, I'm doing my, I'm doing my best, I, at one point I had it perfect, but now I, I slip from time to time, but, um, I, I'm looking at this ice cream maker, and I'm like, you know, we could use this to make, like, ice cream with, like, Splenda in it and stuff, because I I love ice cream. I love it so much, but I gotta, I gotta stay away from it. So I'm thinking this could be, this could be pretty dope. So I brought it in the house, and I, you know, opened it up, and I'm like, this is so wild. This thing is so, it is so 90s. It was like teal blue, aqua blue with, with pink accents. I'm thinking this thing, this thing is straight 90s. This is so terrific. And how it works is it has, it has like a a metal um, bowl on the inside, and inside the walls of the bowl, there's some kind of a Some kind of a freezing agent. And you put this... You put it in the freezer. And like an ice pack or whatever. It gets... It gets super cold. Then you bring it out. And you... You make your... You make your ice cream fixings. They recommend you use like heavy whipping cream. And then some milk and sugar. Which, um... Which I replaced with... With a Splenda. And then you can throw in like whatever... Whatever you want. The, uh... 2.0. Her favorite flavor is vanilla. So we got some, you know, vanilla extract. We squirted it up in there. And then you... You put it in the thing, you close the lid, and the lid has a, it has like a little turny device on the inside that you, that you hand crank, you turn it. Two cranks every five minutes, and as, as the stuff sits in there, it hardens, but it also like, it sticks to the, the side of the bowl, and as you turn the thing, it scrapes, it scrapes off the, the frozen, you know, the frozen milk, the frozen cream, and then as it churns, it becomes ice cream. This was, this was like magic. To me we did this and we twisted it and then half an hour later we had ice cream. We put it in the freezer to let it harden a bit. I I don't go for like the soft serve and this kind of had the consistency of like a soft serve ice cream. I like soft serve. If we go to McDonald's and we're inclined for dessert, I love one of those cones. They are they are great, but I don't I don't want soft serve in the house, inside the house I want like the harder, the harder uh, style of a uh, ice cream. So we put it in the freezer and we brought it out and we we ate it while we watched Parks and Rec. We're... We're going through Parks and Rec all over again. Because, the yeah, 2.0 hasn't seen it. I introduced it to her. And she is... She's into it. She's into it to the max. So we're going through that. And it was nice... It was nice to have this ice cream that we made as a family. Since then, I made strawberry ice cream. I cut up some strawberries and I put it in the, in the blender and made some, like, strawberry puree. And I, I put it all together. And this thing... ...is the greatest. I am saying to you guys... ...if you see one of these... ...one of these ice cream makers at like a thrift... ...or at a at a store at a decent price... ...it is worth it. It's like magic. You do it, you follow the instructions... ...and then you have ice cream. I know it's just ice cream. Ice cream is just frozen milk... ...but it seems... ...it seems like magic to me because I have never made it before. Well... Now I have, and I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Ice Cream. I'm moving into this. I, I dig it. We're trying to think of ways we can substitute that heavy whipping cream because that's, that's like a lot of calories. We're thinking maybe we might try like a Greek yogurt as a, as a substitute. We're thinking maybe like, um, soy milk in place of the, uh, regular milk. I don't know. We're batting some things around. We want to get this to as like a low, a calorie count as we possibly can. That's, that's the goal. If you have any if you have any ideas, hit me up at IC Robots on Twitter or on Facebook. That is facebook.com backslash icy Robots I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S. Go go give us a like on Facebook. That's where that's where the uh you can communicate with me the easiest. If you if you wanna. If you wanna, I get it, it's cool, man. But if you don't, it's also it's also cool. Let's see. What else is going on? I don't know. I haven't I haven't um heard from Johnny Five this week. I haven't heard from Johnny Five or actually A B Silver. He's usually the one that contacts us to tell us Johnny Five wants to uh wants to talk to us. He he declined to run his ad this week his Johnny Coin ad. He said he didn't want it to get didn't want it to get played out before before the big ICO initial coin offering. Is that a thing? I don't know. The the Johnny Coins are gonna. They're gonna change the world according to him. I kinda I don't I don't know if I see it myself, but weirder things have happened. Let me uh we are going to move into we're gonna move into something a little uh a little different. We're gonna talk some gonna talk some wrestling. I went to see I went to see an NJPW New Japan Pro Wrestling Show at the uh at the historic Cow Palace in Daly City. That's that's kinda of near San Francisco if you're not if you're not in the area, you head that way you go. I think you actually go past San Francisco and it's on the it's on the other side. So we went we went there to check out this wrestling show. Let me hit the uh, MSGVP, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast Wrestling Alert, which he which he has been so nice to let me uh, let me use right here on the show. Let me find the button and hit it. Warning. Warning. We are now going to talk about this professional wrestling. Warning. Warning. Wrestling talk is about to begin. Warning, warning. boy warning. warning, we're about to enter a zone that may be difficult for the humorless and unimaginative. Please skip ahead five minutes if this applies to you. You have been warned. Warning, wrestling talk is about to begin. They like gender plays. They like long limerines. Like I want to thank Mr. Sensational Gino Vega for the use of that uh, that wrestling alert. I like to throw that on there to let people know that I'm going to talk about wrestling because I know everybody in the world doesn't like wrestling, but I think that I think that you should stick around for the story because more more so than it is a story about wrestling, it's a story about me and something I did, and I I kind of think you guys probably like my stories, and this is this is going to be. I had a fun time, I had a really good time, and I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna dip into it, the, the show that we went to see was the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Special, live at the Cow Palace, the Cow Palace is a, it's a famous arena in Daly City, some like to say it's in San Francisco, but it's actually in Daly City, which is like, it's right next to San Francisco, they're like practically, practically connected, but the Cow Palace is a famous arena for hosting many a... Many a prodigal, powerful wrestling event over the practically like the same thing. Daly City is almost like a neighborhood of San Francisco. It's an interesting town when you when you go to the capitol. It's, it's in a residential neighborhood practically. It's surrounded by homes, and to get there, you kind of have to go down these small these small residential side streets. And the whole place it looks like San Francisco, but on a on a smaller scale. There's hills. But they're not as big as the hills in San Francisco, and the houses are very, very similar architecturally to the San Francisco row houses, but they they're on a smaller scale. I I love the Cow Palace. I have a lot of good memories of going there. I think I've gone and seen wrestling there four, maybe five, six possibly times. I've seen WCW. I've seen the WWF. I've seen Ring of Honor, and I've seen I think that's it. Well, now now I've seen New Japan Pro Wrestling. I I enjoy the Cow Palace. It has a really Really great old-school vibe to it. It's gray and made of concrete, and it has the words Cow Palace emblazoned with this just completely retro font. I love this building. Go right now and just Google the Cow Palace to see this. See this facade. It screams out old, and I love it. I think it's great. Inside, it's a... It's maybe 13,000, I think, is the occupancy. And the place is, you can feel the vibes of all the wrestling shows and all the boxing matches and all the rodeos and all the things that have happened here. The Beatles have played here. The Rolling Stones have played here. Hulk Hogan has dropped the leg on Mr. Perfect here. So many great things have happened at the Cow Palace. And when you go in, You definitely, you definitely feel that. You feel that history. You feel that atmosphere. It's one of my favorite places to see something. It's, it's not so big that even if you're in the last row, you don't have a bad view. The place slopes up drastically. So even, even the last row is almost like overhanging the ring. It's great. I love it there. We had, I think we were in the third section. The first section that was elevated was our locale, we had a nice, nice seat on the row, I could see everything, maybe better than any wrestling show I've gone to, that was, that was on a big scale, not like indie shows, but like on on a big major league scale, this was, this was the best view I've ever had, it was, it was terrific, New Japan, as you can probably tell from their, from their name, is a Japanese company, they've recently, they've recently kind of like started dipping their toe into running shows in the United States. I think this is their... I think it's the third. I think they did two in Long Beach and now this one. But it may... It may be, like, more than that. But I am not sure. I only... I only really follow New Japan on, a like, a superficial level. I hear people talk about it on Wrestling Pods. And from time to time, I'll... I'll watch it on Axis. Axis, the cable channel, has them on... I believe it's Friday. And they have run a few of their bigger shows and I'll I'll watch that but my knowledge of what's going on is really it's really only on a superficial level. I don't know like the in-depth storylines. I really only know I really only know the top guys, the big the big stars like uh, Kazuchika Okada or uh, Kenny Omega or the young bucks or Hiromu or the the guys who are really spectacular, Zack Sabre, Will Ospreay. I hope that hope that you know at least a few of these names from some kind of, some kind of passing internet thing. You know, you, you see so many things go by on the internet that there's bound, bound to be some wrestling going by you. And New Japan is, they're getting a bit hot on an underground level. They, they're sort of moving up to the point where if they could, if they could get a couple, a couple nice pops, you know, they might, they might move into the the outskirts of the mainstream eye. It's possible. They have they have gear at Hot Topic nowadays, which is something when I was a wrestling fan back way in the day, I never not never thought I would see the day where New Japan merchandise was available in my in my shopping mall, but it is, it is. It's weird. Every once in a while you'll see somebody walking around with a New Japan shirt. It's wild. It's wild to me. To me they were so I'm not gonna say obscure because people People who liked wrestling did like them, but they, they're kind of tapping at the, at the underneath of the bottom of the mainstream. And that is, that's interesting to me. I was really looking forward to this for a long while. I knew, I knew a few other fools who were going. Um, Gino Vega was going. My man Chris from the comic store was going. And I, I was kind of thinking it might be cool to try to catch up with some of these dudes in the, in the parking lot before the show I was going to wait till I got there and then hit him up but we we got stuck on the side streets in like the biggest traffic jam and we we barely made it to the show at all so I wasn't able to I wasn't able to hit up any of those fools which was which is a bummer I I was messaging a bit with Gino Vega during during the show and I messaged Chris a little bit I I was curious where they were they were sitting they were more to near the ring than we were, let's say, they had, they sprung for the nice seats, and I, I dig that, but they were also, they were each one, they were going with the bros, but I was going with, going with the fam, so instead of being one, I was in fact three, yes, the wife went, and yes, 2.0 went, we turned this into a family, a family venture, you might go like, hey man, why'd you bring, why'd you bring your daughter to see wrestling, they, they don't like that, and I'm just like, well, you know, let's try to introduce her to something That may be a bit outside of her wheelhouse. And she did, in fact, turn out to, um, enjoy it quite a bit. There was, the show was being blasted live on TV. And they, they were presenting this at, like, a pay-per-view quality. And they had these, they had these really great entrance videos for all the dudes. And this was, this was a big show for them outside of their home base, so they, they laid it all on the line, they had all the big stars, they had all the big presentation, good old JR, Jim Ross himself, and Josh Barnett were doing the announcing, the show had, it had a real big feel to it, and I myself, I've only gone to like arena shows and stuff, I've never seen a pay-per-view, I've never, I've never attended a Raw live or whatever, so I don't, I don't usually get that big, big big-time vibe, and this, this definitely had it. It's cool when you look down, and there are, there are, like, cameramen everywhere, you know, it really, it really makes you feel like you're, you're in the place to be, and that adds to, that adds to the excitement, and she had a good time, dude. she had a nice time, she told me, what did she tell me? She told me that she wished there would have been more of the Eastern wrestlers on the show, that she felt like... They may have been presenting the Western dudes because they figure that us as Westerners, that's what we want to see. But she felt like, I would have rather have seen a more authentic show. Like, if they just picked the show up from the Tokyo Dome, brought it over here, and dropped it right into the Cow Palace. And I'm like, I definitely dig that. She liked the excitement in the air. The crowd was definitely up. And she liked that. She didn't know that... She didn't know the wrestling fans get so hyped, and I'm like, oh, they get, they get the hypedest. Let's, um, what were some of the details about the show that I, I, I might want to, I might want to share? Let me think about that for, let me think about that for a second. I don't want to overwhelm you guys with, like, names of wrestlers and wrestling match results. You don't, you don't come here for that. I don't know what you come here for at all, but I know it's not, I know it's not to hear that Juice Robinson beat Jay White for the New Japan Pro Wrestling US title. You don't want to hear that. I think you just want to hear i think you want to hear my take so we got there we found our seats we had nice seats we sat down we were we were like a little bit late but the process to get through the gate was pretty easy the the merch lines were long so i didn't want to i didn't want to deal with that i wanted to get right to the right to the seats i don't often buy merch i don't know i'm just i don't need more junk in my house i might occasionally get something if it's like super dope but it's i don't know I'm not, I'm not really like, like a merch guy. I collect G.I. Joe's. I don't, maybe if I went to like a G.I. Joe show, I might buy some merch. But I don't know if I will at a wrestling show. So we, we bypassed that. We headed to our seats. When we got in there, there was, there was a Bullet Club faction. Factions are like a big deal, it seems, in New Japan. There's like the Suzuki Goon. There's the Los Ingobernables. There's all these different, different posses. And the Bullet Club is one of the, one of the bigger ones. They're the ones... Who, like, especially have merch over in, over in, over in Hot Topic. And they also have, like, this, this really aggressive fan base. I don't want to say aggressive, like, physically or anything. But they're, they're the ones who are screaming the hardest. They're the ones who are definitely, like, providing a lot of the, a lot of the action at at something like this. This is how, this is how typical Bullet Club fan dresses will wear. Like, denim jeans a Bullet Club shirt, and then a vest, like a denim vest with all kinds of like pins and Bullet Club patches on it. Maybe, maybe like a Young Bucks hat. That's the, that's the gear of a Bullet Club guy, I guess. I saw a million billion dudes that were all, all dressed like that. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Do your thing. I, I dig it, man. It's a wrestling show. Dress like a wrestling fan. Do your thing. But, um, that's a, that's a big thing that you see, what was I, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, we got there, and the, uh, the BC was wrestling against, they were wrestling against some other guys, this was like an an opening match, it was, it was pretty fun, the energy was up, we had night seats, oh, yeah, we went to a mall before we went to the show, we went to the Saramonte Mall, which is a few miles away from the, from the Cow Palace, the, uh, the Kid 2.0 wanted to go to the store called Daiso, it's like a Japanese dollar store, it's kinda, it's kind of fun. We went to the Daiso store there before the, before the show, and we saw so many Bullet Club fans at the mall. There were all these dudes walking around in their denim vests with their patches and their pins, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's something, something that I saw. If you happen to be a Bullet Club fan, hey man, or power to you, dude. I'm not going to say that I'm not a fan of the, of the Bullet Club, I guess. I, I don't know. They... They seem like they drive a lot of the interest to, to Nougbean, so that's all good in the hood. But the what did I get at the Daiso store? I got a sponge that looked like a piece of bread. I got a sponge that was shaped like a dolphin. I got I don't know what it is with the sponges. I was just over in the sponge section and I I saw these ones and I I am sometimes responsible for the dishes down there on the on the Earth base, so. It might make it a little more fun to do the dishes with a sponge that looks like a piece of toast. I don't know. It probably won't, but it might. It definitely will not, will not hurt to try. So we did that and we got some got you know, some barbecue chicken in the in the Saramonte Mall. It's good to eat before these kind of things. It takes a lot of takes a lot of energy to be a fan. So I I macked on some chicken and we uh we went over to the to the show. I had a good time. You don't need to know anything. Anything more than that, I guess, when it really, really come down and comes down to it. I had a good time. The Kid had a good time. It seemed like Gino Vega had a good time. I don't know if Chris from the comic store had a good time, but I will, I will imagine that he did. Some of these matches I saw were really, really, really terrific. Like I said earlier, I've never been to, um, I've never been to a high profile show like this before. Usually... I'll go to, like, these non-televised arena shows. And while the wrestlers are out there working hard, they're not working to the level they are if something's being shown on TV. These guys were... They were killing themselves. There was this one match between this guy named Hiromu and this guy from Mexico named Dragon Lee. I think Dragon Lee is actually the Mexican lightweight champion. He was facing the Japanese light heavyweight champion in a champion versus champion bout. And they... They tore it up. There were so many flips. They were jumping out of the ring. They were doing all kinds of... They were doing leaps and things that I would never in a million years consider doing. I would never jump off the top of the ropes down to the floor. I'd never do that in a million years. And these guys did it a million times. It was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy match I've ever... I've ever seen in my life. And then in the main event, which was Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega, they had ladders... There were tables. It was, it was crazy. At one point, the announcer, good old JR, Jim Ross, got knocked down. And Josh Barnett, who is, he's the, the co-announcer. And Josh Barnett has background in MMA. He fought in the UFC. He was the champion of Pancrase. He's fought in Pride. Dude is as legitimately as tough as they come. And his, his cohort is JR. When JR got knocked down, he got into the ring and he's like, I'm gonna beat somebody up. I was just... I was flabbergasted. I was tickled pink. I never thought I'd get to see Josh Barnett run in the ring and threaten, um, Jay White. But he did. This is... This is another guy that our dude Gino Vega really likes. And this dude named Switchblade Jay White. I think he's from New Zealand. He's from New Zealand or Australia. I kind of think he's New Zealand. But this guy... This guy has a gimmick, I guess, that he's gonna stab you with a knife. And he has... Guess pants that look like bandages. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, Vegas nuts for this dude. And when, um, Josh Burnett ran up and threatened him, I'm like, this is crazy. I can't believe it. I had, I had a really good time. I was exhausted by the, by the end though. It's, um, it gets hot in there, man. Uh, old arenas have a lot when it comes to atmosphere, but they lack in amenities. And it was hot in there after a while, especially because the place was full of wrestling fans who were jumping up and down freaking out, having a good time, I did, I did eventually go and try to get some merch, I wanted to pick up a shirt for the wife, they had this one shirt that was, it was like Golden State Warriors colors, it was Golden State Warriors blue, with the yellow Lionhead, New Japan Lionhead logo, and then on the back it said NJPW 74, like it was, like it was a jersey shirt, I wanted to get that, but they, by the time I got there, they only had triple and quadruple X, which is, that's a pretty big shirt, um, they didn't have any of the the smaller lady sizes. What am I going to do? I did my best. I did, in fact, do my best. Because I went to not just this booth, but the other booth. And they had one. They had none at either. So, what are you going to do? I got a pretzel. I actually, got bought two pretzels. One for the wife. One for the kid. We ate those. We had some popcorn. I had lemonade. And overall, I had an amazing time. It was a hoot and a half. If New Japan Pro Wrestling, for whatever reason, comes near where you are... I cannot recommend it high enough. It was a super fun time. Even though I didn't get to see Gino Vega, Even though I didn't get to see my man Chris from the comic store. I did get to see some great wrestling. And in the end, that's way more important than that. So let's let's go into at the movies where in which we are going to talk about Ant-Man. Oh my goodness, that's fine. Cow Palace. You can go to the men's room in the Cow Palace. That's a wonderful name in San Francisco because the Cow Palace is someplace that I would be proud to call my home at Cow Palace is someplace. I'd be proud to bring my gal, because obviously if you live in San Francisco and you are going out with gals, obviously they belong in the Cow Palace. I saw one, the only thing she was missing was antlers. She would have been in season jack. In a moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that do Roper, But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? We unleashed something powerful. We have to stop her. If you want to do something right, you make a list. One, we have to team up. Two, we're going to have to fight Ghost. Three, we're going to track down Ghost. That seems like it should be part of two. two. A. Watch this. Oh, also we have to save the world. That's major. We can't forget that. All right, my dudes and dudettes. All right, my all right, my pals and gals. We are back for the. We're back for the next segment of the show. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the latest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe a movie that goes by the name of Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp stars. It's kind of hard to say Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man, and the Wasp, stars Evangeline Lilly, who you might know, you might know her as Kate, Kate from Lost, and also Paul Rudd, who you, who you might know from Ant-Man, he was the dude who was Ant-Man in the first movie, you also got Michael Douglas returning, you got Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, you got Michael Pena, it's, it's pretty cool, I, I I had a good time with this. This one, this one seems to be taking place around the same time as, around the same time as Infinity Wars. Maybe, maybe like a little bit before, but in that, in that same neighborhood, it's not, it's not like a prequel, and it's not like what happens after the events of Infinity War. It, it leads into it, and toward the end, you see, you get the feeling something might be going on if you, if you stick around and watch the extra scene. I don't, I don't want to ruin anything. It's fun. You definitely want to check it out. The, the extra scene. I mean, I often, sometimes I leave. If the movie's super long, I'll take off and I don't watch the post credit scene. I'll just like, they seem to go up on YouTube like almost instantaneously. So if I don't feel like staying around, I'll, I'll do that. But this movie was, it was like a joyful, fun little thing. So I said, eh. Let's, uh, let's do it. And sometimes it feels like the, the post credit scenes are, like, deep and deep into the credits. This one, this one came pretty quick before I could, before I could change my mind. That's, that's happened too. I'll be sitting there waiting for the post credit scene and then, I'm trying to grab my notes. If you hear me, me rustling around a bit, I'll, I'll try to wait for the, for the post credit scene. But in, in the time it takes to get there, I'll just go, eh, I'm just gonna go. That has happened this has happened a, a few times in the past. We went to see this on Monday afternoon. Usually, we'll see these Saturday or Sunday, but the wrestling show happened, and then it was—it was just a busy weekend. There were so many things going on that we had to—we had to push it back to Monday. That messed up, messed up the recording schedule and everything. So that's why—that's why you're going to get this week instead of instead of last week, like I promised. You get what well you get. Don't throw a fit. I they used to say that to 2.0 in kindergarten, and I found that to be like such a such a way to carry yourself through life. You get what you get, don't throw a fit. Don't worry about what other people are getting. Don't worry that you didn't get enough. You get what you get, work with what you got. So that's what we're that's what we're gonna do on this one. I I thought this was cool, man. This was real lighthearted. It didn't go for too long. There wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of really bad things happening to our characters. It had it had some good comedy. Marvel movies always have comedy, but the comedy doesn't always hit. Recently, Thor: The Last Thor, Thor Ragnarok, the comedy, the comedy totally hit. That was that was the one that was directed by my dude Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. I want to get that right. I like to I like to try to get people's names right. It seems like it seems like the respectable thing to do. the The comedy in this. Hit really well. There are a lot of... There's a lot of super-duper funny scenes. It wasn't quite as good as... Wasn't as good as Thor Ragnarok in the comedy department. But it... It definitely held its own. I, I got some good... I got some good giggles out of this. Let's see. What was... What was the basic plot? In the... In the first movie, you find out that the... The original Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, who is played by Michelle Pfeiffer, has been lost... She's been lost in the microverse. I I forget what they call it, the quantum realm. I I can't remember. They they lost her when she shrunk down too small and couldn't come back and they they thought that she was dead, but now they think she's alive and they're they're on the mission to go and find her. All the while they're on the run from the government because of the because of what happened during the civil war. In that movie Captain America led a team of dudes against the government-sponsored Avengers team of Tony Stark. And all the dudes on Cap's team were, they were declared war criminals. And they are, they're all on the run. And on that team was Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. The, the Falcon, I believe, called in Ant-Man. They, they bumped into each other once. Cap asked if he knew any dudes. And he's like, yeah, I know a dude. And there you have it, Ant-Man's on the team. But, uh. Everything went bad. They broke Sarcovia Accords, and now they, now they're living life as war criminals on the run. And this is this is kind of something that I I, I kind of had to quibble with. It's not even it's not even worth a quibble in a world where people can shrink down smaller than atoms. Why quibble with anything? But Paul Rudd was he was a one time felon who got he got convicted and found guilty of war crimes. Breaking the Sarcovia Accord was considered. Considered a war crime, and his punishment was two years house arrest with three years parole. In this movie, when it starts off, he's on house arrest, and he's getting ready, getting ready to finish his, finish his sentence. Uh, Michael Douglas and Kate from Lost, their their relationship with Ant Man also paints them as war criminals. They are, they're the dudes who supplied him with the weapon in which he did his war crime that weapon being the Ant-Man suit so they they're on the run and all the while they're trying to rescue Michelle Pfeiffer from the from the quantum realm or the microverse I forget what it was called there is there's a lot more to it than that the the movie has a villain of course there is a new villain introduced into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is that is a villain known as the Ghost the only place that I know the Ghost for in in the comic world is during Bendis's run of the New Avengers and in this, in this storyline, Norman Osborn has managed to move up the government and is now in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. which he has, which we, he has renamed Hammer and while in charge of Hammer he wants to get his hands on Tony Stark's armor so, so he calls in this dude the Ghost who can, he can break through any kind of security system, he can just like, phase through walls and he brought in this guy ghost to go inside there and open the door from the inside so that he can he can have his way with these with these armors and one of the things I remember I'm trying to do this just like straight from memory one of the things I remember about that about that little tale of the ghost is that I think it was Victoria Hand who was Norman Osborne's assistant. I think she I think she made some kind of a comment about how the ghost was The ghost was creepy and had some kind of an odd odor. That is, that's my only time remember seeing this character in the comics. In this, they've sort of flipped the script and the ghost is, the ghost is played by a gal. I don't think, I don't think things like that even matter. As long as they, as long as they get somebody who's really cool to fill the role, that's all, that's all they care about. And they got, um, they got a really cool actress to, uh, take over the lead the lead of the ghost, and this uh, this gal goes by the name of Hannah John Kamen, and in in checking her credits, I saw that she has been in Star Wars. She was in Star Wars Force Awakens. She played she played a first order officer, and she was also she was also in Game of Thrones. I, I watch Game of Thrones, I've seen every episode, but I'm not I'm not a Game of Thrones scholar, so I don't know I don't know who she was on the show, but I liked her. I liked her as a ghost. She has kind of an interesting look. She I don't know there there's something something just creepy creepy about her and she has like this this eerie coolness that uh that played well into the into the character i dug her a lot also also morpheus is in this he plays uh bill foster who is marvel's goliath so you get you get two new characters that you've never that you've never seen before goliath and the ghost two two G&Gs, which is, you know, that's always fun. It's fun to see somebody, somebody, uh, somebody new. I was, I was really looking forward to this from the jump. I am, I'm a big fan of Evangeline Lily. I used to watch Lost, like, religiously, and Kate was like, Kate was like my favorite character. I've always thought that she had a lot of potential as, like, an action actress. She has, she has, like, this seriousness about her, like, this, this quiet seriousness and this, this sadness, and she seems like... I don't know, you know, she's, like, really fit, so I think she should be good at, like, throwing sidekicks and drop kicks and punches in the face. I've always, I've always wanted her to have this career as an action actress, so when I, when I found out she was, she was really gonna get into it as the Wasp, I was, I was thinking that was gonna be pretty cool, and it was, it was pretty cool. She brought a lot to this movie. Her, her seriousness playing against Paul Rudd's silliestness, sillinessness ness silliness? I, I don't know, his... His silliness—that's what—that's what I actually meant to say. Her seriousness next to his silliness was—it was a nice little little contrast. And you got a—you got a great performance in this one out of Michael Pena. Michael Pena is—he is Paul Red's friend and business associate. They—they they run a—they run a security security company together. He—he's a funny actor. This guy Michael Pena is super talented. I'd like to—I'd like to see some good things in his future. I—I I dig this guy. Let's uh. Let's play a quick clip. It's, uh, it's Michael Pena having Michael Douglas and Kate overhead his office. He has some, has some intimate cakes. It's, it's kind of fun. Let's, uh, we'll be right back. Wow, Dr. Pym, like, like who would've thought that once again, in your hour of need, that, that you would turn to us, you know? I mean, yeah. help yourself. Hey, what's up with the fancy pastry? We gotta keep the food budget down. Well, what are we supposed to have for breakfast? The oatmeal packets. Oatmeal packets? It's insult. Why is it an insult? Because it tastes like scent. You know why? It's because or, it's organic. No, That's it's why. not organic. It's scent. It's you know the what? most you important put, meal of the day. Can, you know what? You can get creative it's with it. Break teeth. I'll oh, put a little brown sugar on it. You can put some cinnamon. Put a little honey. You guys, you want. guys, no, you guys, don't. guys, guys, guys. Come on, man. We got bigger fish to fry. Is that my desk? Yeah. What? Why do I have such a small desk? Well, because you weren't there when we were choosing desks. You snooze, you lose. Well, I was under house arrest. Yeah. You know what? This isn't even a desk. This is garbage. You found this outside amongst garbage. I got it at a rummage sale. So you save money on my desk? Guys! Hope, please. We need to focus, all right? We got to find that lab already. Jeez. I like that. My dude, my dude is telling him to eat oatmeal. Much like I do every single day. Oatmeal, three slices of turkey bacon, the the organic kind, you really can spice it up and make it good, you gotta, you gotta put, like, a little, a little dab of Splenda to sweeten it up, and then, then I use some raisins, which also have, they, like, have their own, you know, natural sweetness, what you're, what you're looking to avoid is added sugars, to fruits and things have, they have sugars and whatever, and they're not, they're not as bad as, like, the, the corn syrup that you would get in an in Intamin's cake, he's, He's looking out for his dudes. He's the boss. He has to pay their, their insurance and stuff. So he wants to make sure they, wants to make sure they stay all right. He's doing what he can to promote wellness. And that's, that's always a good thing. And I, I just dig it. I think that he's, I think he's a really funny guy. Michael Pena has, he has this, this one amazing scene where he recaps everything that happened. In the first movie, he has a very similar recap scene and they, They went back to it again in this one because, because it's hilarious. It's awesome. He has, he has Morrissey jokes. There are, there are numerous Morrissey jokes in this movie, which that absolutely blew my wig back. I'm not even kidding. My wig, my wig flapped back because I was, because I was laughing so hard at these, these Morrissey references that kept popping up. You don't know who Morrissey is. I, I kind of think you probably do. Morrissey was the lead singer for the Smiths. He's known for his... He's known for his melancholy, melancholy ballads. He, there's just something about this dude. He, he, I can't even, I can't even like put, I can't even put into words what it is that Morrissey does with his, with his songs. He kind of mopes his way through tunes in this, in this really relatable way. I'm the song, and the air. The and up, and in in listening to that, I don't I don't know how relatable it is in uh, like your day to day, but when you're when you're like a mopey teenager or whatever, this this stuff really really hits home. I I dig it. I'm not like I'm not like the biggest Morrissey fan in the world. My the good old wife is. In fact, the biggest Morrissey fan in the world, she's probably seen Morrissey like 35 times. The The Kid 2.0 has seen Morrissey more than once. It's it's like a household thing. You can't avoid it. And Morrissey definitely has his, his place in the world. I'll I'll say that. And he he definitely fits well into this into this movie. Let's hop on over to Let's hop over to Tomatoes. Luckily I have Luckily I have it already booted up. I didn't have to didn't have to go through AOL for this one. So as we speak right now, the the critics are giving it a good old eighty six. That's pretty pretty good. There are two hundred and twenty two total reviews. One hundred and ninety one are fresh. the The peeps have it at seventy nine percent, which is still which is still pretty high. They give it a three point nine out of five on on average. The movie runs for one hundred and eighteen minutes. It was directed by Peyton Reed. Who you? Who you may know from uh, "Bring It On" and "Down With Love," the Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor movie. I, I dug this. I thought it was a lot of fun. It stars Paul Rudd, Michael Peña, Judy Greer. Bobby Cannavale is in this. He he is Paul Rudd's daughter's new stepdad. And I think I think Bobby Cannavale is one of the best actors working right now. He was just in he was just in Mr. Robot. He was he was in Vinyl on HBO he is in the upcoming um the upcoming Big Lebowski spin-off about Jesus he is the co-star of that this guy this guy is such a terrific actor i want to see him in in some exciting lead roles so with all that said and everything taken into consideration on the good old fashioned source magazine mike meter With one being a dud and five being an all time classic, I am going to give Marvel's latest Ant Man and the Wasp
1: 3.5
0: mics. 3.5 mics. Drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time final segments the IC robots radio pop culture slash toy news slash other boring stuff informational moment all right my dudes we are back for we're back for the final segment of the show kate that was that was awesome instant kate i i appreciate the the unique spin that you're putting on these on these sacred words that have been spoken so many so many times in the past this is this is the final segment of the show this is the one in which i talk about like things i bought for the most part things i things i used to see over at the the toys r us which no word on any kind of toys r us news this week but we did we did get some interesting toy news from migo this came out at the migo meet that they were going to be they were going to be relaunching the company yes indeedy migo is back it's it's amazing, and then once again this week the Migo Museum came out with came out with some great news. They had some actual pictures of some of the some of the figures that Mego is gonna be coming out with. I I recall seeing a I Dream of Genie set, like a two set with Genie and Major what's his name. They they got a Harley Quinn, and after after what like forty plus years of waiting, they are coming out with. They're coming out with the Mr. Sulu from Star Trek that we've all waited so long to see when they when they launched the amigo Star Trek line back in the back in the olden days they gave you all the bridge officers that you would want but for whatever reason there was no Sulu it was promised in the future uh, sadly never delivered well I guess they finally did deliver on that promise they made so many years ago because we are going to be getting a Sulu these are only going to be available at Target which is I guess that's going to be the way things are now whereas something may have been a Toys R Us exclusive at one time it may now be a may now be a Target exclusive that's fine I'm I'm into this I am for sure going to get that Sulu I have I have the bridge with all the bridge characters the Migo Star Trek bridge I got Kirk I got Spock I got Scotty I got Uhura I got I got them all, I got Dr. McCoy, I got a Klingon, I got the other alien, I got these all one time, in a one time purchase at the flea market, many, many, many years ago, this is, this is to me one of my best flea market purchases ever, it's in, it's in the Earth base, in a, in a place of honor, it's up, it's up on a shelf, it's beautiful, I love it, I, I don't get too deep into Migos, but if I do see a Migo thing at the flea market, I'll, I'll get up on it, only, I only really have the Star Treks, I have a couple, a couple apes, I think I have three apes, and the Star Trek ones, I don't have any, I don't have any superheroes, I have a Captain America body around here somewhere, and I have a set of Spider-Man clothes that I, that I got at the flea market, but I, I don't, I don't get too deep into it, you know, if I find them, I'll buy them, if they're cheap, one time I was this is the one that got away, this was this year, I was at the flea market, the Mojo Sales Flea Market, and this one guy, who, uh, he has pretty good stuff, and every once in a while, he'll put out, like, a like a toy thing, for the most part, it's, like, knickknacks and stuff, but he does, he does get some toys, and every once in a while, he'll pull out, like, he'll pull out, like, a gym, he had a, he had a complete Fonzie, an Arthur Fonzarelli from Happy Days, you know, the guy who's at A, the guy who hit the jukebox, that, that cool cat played by Henry Winkler. He had this complete, he only wanted 20 bucks. I asked for it. He's like, oh, that'll be 20 bucks, which is, which is a pretty reasonable price. I'm thinking these are going to go for more than 30 on the online. And it had the shoes, the pants, the shirt, the, the jacket, everything all in once. So you got the convenience fee of having it be, having it be complete. And I, I said, eh, I'll think about it. And then I walked away and some guy right behind me bought it and I, I've regretted it ever since. I have a couple Happy Days drinking glasses. I have, I have the Fonz, and I got Potsy, and they're over on my shelf. And this, this Fonzie would have been perfect in there. I wasn't like a Happy Days nut or anything, but I used to watch it on KVHK TV 44 when they, they play a couple in a row. <laughs> the way we see it, for laughs, you have two choices. Happy Days or... What's the second choice? Don't ask. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like that first choice, the communication one, and we can live with that. You show good taste. Happy days tonight at six thirty on TV Forty Four. I've seen every episode. I like the early days. I, I I do like it too when they when they have the restaurant and stuff. That's you know it's fine. But I I like the early days where you know it's just like mainly in the house. Fonzie's next door. He's wearing his motorcycle jacket in bed. That that kind of stuff. What else? What else is going on? Oh my dude, Engineer Nerd reached out to me the other day. He um he let me know that he thinks there is going to be a single packed solo coming out soon, which is which is great. I I am looking forward to that. I hope I hope I see one on my Target shelf sometime soon. He also let me know that there might be a way to get some of these some of these GI Joes that I have with uh, broken screws. There may be a way to get them out. He's like, get a really small Really small screw gimmick, and like drill it in there, like a drill gimmick, and like drill it, drill it right into the screw, and it should, it should burst into a billion pieces. He's said it a little better than that, but that's basically, basically the idea. I have, uh, I have a Dremel. I'm gonna see if I can get like a like a small enough bit over at the over at the Ace, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. What what can happen? What's the worst that can happen? It's already, it's already not in working order. I guess it could uh, burst the figure, but. I, I don't see that happening. Engineer Nerd was on the last episode of Action Figure Blues too. by the way. If you are, if you are so inclined to listen to AFB, which, which I myself am. He, um, he appeared on the, on the last episode. I'm trying to find out the number right now. And I'm, here it is. Action Figure Blues on the Tweeps. He appears, he appears on episode, episode number, I can't tell which one it is, I think it's 323, I think he, uh, yeah, that's what he said, he said it was 323 com. you can hear Engineer Nerd, it's super fun, what else is going on? Oh yeah, my dude Rob from Radio Free Cybertron reached out, I, I hope you recall last week I, I inquired to him, I inquired to him on the, on the show about a About a Transformer that I saw on the Toys That Made Us. It was, it was a VHS tape and he has done like a thousand episodes of Radio Free Cybertron. And he is, he is an expert in the field, bar none. He, he was nice enough to give back to me. Let's, let's see what he said. I want to, um, I want to get this right. I want to, I'm going to read it word per word. He, he knew all about this and he got back to me quickly with, with some data it was uh, pretty awesome, the the details of this. So what we saw on the show was a transformer that was a VHS tape, and I I asked dude, hey man, what the flip was that? And he's like, Oh, let me let me tell you what it was. It is a micro Man micro change toy that never made it to production. So the dude who has it has essentially the only one and what it was what it was gonna lead to was a a VCR version of Soundwave. Soundwave is like the Walkman, the one that had the little cassettes inside that one like would turn into a Panther and all this cool stuff. They were they were gonna make another one like it, but it was gonna be a VCR and the tapes turned into into deadly robots. I'll tell you right now, man, that would be that would be the greatest transformer of all time. I I implore you, Takara Tomy. I implore you, Hasbro, go to work on this. I I need to see myself owning one of these. I wanna give a big shout out to Rob. Thanks for getting back to me. That's Radio Free Cybertron, the, the only Transformer podcast you would ever need to listen to because it's uh it's got it all. It's the best Transformer podcast on the on the face of Unicron. Is that the name of the Transforming Planet? My my Transformer knowledge is is quite poor. I know a bit about I know a bit about G1 with like Bumblebee and Optimus Prime and Starscream and Megatron and all those. All those nerds, but it kind of, it kind of fizzled off after that. I I focused hard on G.I. Joe, and that is, that's why I am where I am in the G.I. Joe game. Somewhere, somewhere near the bottom. Let's see, what else is popping off? I got a few more, a few more G.I. Joe pieces on order. I ordered Barbecue. Barbecue is the G.I. Joe fireman. He, he comes from a long line of Boston firemen. He is... He's a figure that I remember having back in the, back in the olden times. I, I sometimes wonder how many figures I actually had like in my, in my heyday of playing as opposed to how many figures that I pick up over, over the years of my life. But this is one I, I definitely remember having. I liked his, I like the red and gray color scheme that he, that he came with. And I, I liked his axe. He came with like a firefighter axe and a backpack with the tube, one of those famous GI Joe tubes, and a small, a small handheld device that I would imagine shoots out his flame retardant, whatever it, whatever it may be. I I really dug his axe. That's kind of, that's kind of what drew me to him. I I picked up that said axe and his, and his backpack. I already have the figure, and I already have the, the device that he holds in his hand to shoot the. To shoot the foam. I am happy to complete him. I think that's gonna be neat. He's gonna look neat on the shelf. I I completed Tripwire, the mine detector. He's another one. He's another one that I can definitely recall having back in the day. I was drawn to I was drawn to the two mines. He comes with a backpack that contains two mines. I don't know. I don't know if these are supposed to be like mines, landmines that he found, or landmines that he's gonna place out there. But he has He came a two with him and I have those and I I had to order the backpack because I already had the figure and I already had his metal detecting device. I was, I was into this guy. It's weird to think the actual Joes you bought as opposed to the Joes that are remembered very well. I think I've told you before I found, I found Snake Eyes at the bottom of Spring Lake. He wasn't one that I bought and he's, he's like the most popular dude. My brother... My brother had Storm Shadow, as I recall, the the G1, the first of the storm shadows. That's a that's a beautiful figure, but it hasn't it hasn't aged well, not in the sense that it doesn't that it doesn't hold up. It hasn't aged well in the sense that the the white ninja suit yellows something awful. The same thing happens to the same things happened to Snow Job, the first G.I Joe snow guy. That's a that's another awesome figure. He comes with a backpack that has two skis that come off and attach to his feet along with two ski poles and a rifle. I I know I had him too. He was one of my faves. I was really I was really drawn to those drawn to those skis. I I think I'm running low on old series G.I. Joes that I that I can get the parts for. I have Mutt the G.I. Joe dog handler, but his his pieces are fairly expensive. He has a face face mask He has a dog, he has a gun, and a billy club, and all these, all these pieces add up to the point where you might as well just buy a completed version of the figure. I have, I actually have two of Mutt. I don't know, I don't know how that came to be, but I have two of Mutt with none of Mutt's accessories. I recently completed Tripwire. I completed Barbecue. Who else, who else do I have? Why don't I, we're lucky right now, I have I have the case with me up here on the moon base, because I was messing around with these screws. Let's, let's open this up. And this is the G.I. Joe Collector case. The one with, the one with Duke Abernathy on the front, charging, charging forward. I have the flamethrower dude. I have mainframe. I have mainframe on the card, but I don't have mainframe completed. He only needs a few pieces. I might, I might get that. I also have this guy that I like, the... The SWAT guy. He's pretty cool. He has, like, blue camouflage. I like... I like blue camouflage. I also got... I got Alpine in here. I have... I have Crystal Ball, but I already have a completed him. The the rest of the ones that are in this case are kind of... They're all kind of late series guys. Various... Various dumb vipers of various dumb sorts. And I'm not really all that interested in. I think this one is actually Snake Eyes. A blue and black Snake Eyes. I... Maybe I should complete him. I don't know who this one is, either. He... He's a viper of some sort. I'm not sure. I also got Chun-Li. Chun-Li from Street Fighter. Street Fighter in the case. I... I'm running low. I hope to find some more loose Joes around. It's kind of fun to get the... get the pieces back. I... I don't know. It, It makes you feel... Makes you feel like you've accomplished something, even though... Even though you haven't really accomplished all that much. I gotta get... I gotta get a G1 Destro. That's one that I don't have. I've noticed in my collection, I'm really... I'm really heavy on the Joes and light on the Cobras. I got... I got a few of the Dreadnoughts. I don't have the blonde-haired one with the chainsaw. But I have the... I have the other two. I ordered the parts for the... For the Flamethrower Dreadnought. And those should be here any day now. there. That'll complete him. Then I... I got to get Buzzer, is that his name, the chainsaw one? I got to get that guy. He's like the leader of the group. I got all of them. I have Zartan, I have Xandar, I have Zarana, Z- Zartan's sister on the card, but I don't have her loose. I I got to get on that. That's not necessarily a pricey figure. So, I don't know, man. I'm getting into some minutiae of a boring boring dumb existence of mine, my my weird but we're G.I. Joe obsession. You know, I was actually out in the backyard last time I was on the Earth Base taking taking pictures of some of my Joes. I got a I got a pretty good picture of Spirit. Now that he's all complete, he looks cool. Roadblock Roadblock wasn't as photogenic as as Spirit. I I don't know. I think he looks I think he looks silly. The action figure, he wears a helmet. In the in the TV show he never wore a helmet. He I don't know. It's it's cool, I guess, to have it. But it doesn't it doesn't look cool on him, so... What are you gonna do, though? It's no, it's always nice to have an extra accessory. So, I think I'm gonna get out of here. If you are so inclined, look up Icy Robots Radio on iTunes and leave us a review. If you do that, I will... I will definitely read it on the air, and I'll... I'll give you a big thanks. Go over to Classic Wrestling Matches and Mags on Facebook. Give them a big thumbs up. Give them a like. Tell them Icy Robots sent you. This is... This is for me... Icy robots, iceberg. Engineer Emily A. B. Silver, J. Five. Next week we may we may have a bit of a shorter show. The summer schedule's getting getting a bit tight down on the down on the Earth base. I only work only work a short shift up here on the the station next week, and then I'm then I'm heading off to vacation down on the. Down on the Earth base, some fun in the sun. We'll talk about that next week. So, until then, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. Episode number 161, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Until next time, if you don't know, I know. E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. This has been IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener supported in day hour. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. KBHK TV 44, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Bay Area, Cable 12.